What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 15 of season five. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Dog Kurt. Episode 15. Let's fucking go, baby. We're cruising. I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense with the amount of weeks we played football. But I forget we had some summer fun, didn't we, Bruno? We did have some summer fun. Kurt, that begs the question, uh, what's the record number of episodes in a season of playing the field? And are we on pace to shatter it? Because that, that must be, we must figure that out. Correct. We are on pace to shatter. Also, during this season, we will hit episode 100 of playing. I think this is 90. Oh, shit. So, so wait, this is week eight. Wait, I think the mean- first week of playoffs is episode is 100. Fucking electric. They should they should pause the playoffs and celebrate us and then resume the playoffs. Or or, or. just honor us at every game. <laughs> Yeah, we go to every playoff game. Right, that's what I mean. We have to be there. Like they have to wait for us to yep. be there. They will delay the start times until our flights get there. Yeah, and and we get to choose the outcome of each game. It's like Buffalo Ooh. Wild Wings. Choose your yeah. own adventure. Yeah. So like Chiefs out first round. Like let's just I, throw some chaos into it. Whatever the sprinkler coming up from the ground button, I would surround Patrick Mahomes until he's just drowning, and then I'd be like, "Sorry, Chiefs lost." She's lost. Fun <laughs> fact, they might have lost this week, pal. We'll get there. Oh, wow. Like that, like that. Bruno, but let's let's just let's not wait any let's not keep the people waiting. Let's just get right into it, Bruno. Overarching theme from yeah. this week. Boy, we got some injuries. Yep. Injuries galore. Quarterback injuries, wide receiver injuries, injuries to the secondary. Bruno, it seemed like every team in every game was affected somehow this week. We'll get into it a little bit. Um, actually, we're gonna start with a game. Coincidentally, that did not have any injuries, but we're going to start on Thursday Night Football. Bruno, Josh Allen, and the Bills bounce back in a big way for a 24-18 win over the Bucks in Orchard Park. Now, here's the thing. You hear 24-18, you think, hmm, final score, pretty close, one-score game, not even a touchdown separates the two. Not exactly how this went down. Bills were in control for most of the game. Josh Allen did throw for two touchdowns, rushed for a touchdown while staring into the goddamn soul of a Buccaneers defender as he did it. It was like total, I don't know. It was like a boss ass move from Josh Allen. Um, but Bruno, what was mind boggling to me in this game, right? The Buccaneers were down by 14 points with 13 minutes to go in the game. Yes. The odds of you coming back to win probably aren't high. However, usually, usually, usually there is a sense of urgency when you're down two scores in the fourth quarter, hmm. not for the Bucks. Bruno, they were on Florida time. They were chilling. They were <laughs> chillaxing. Bruno, the Buccaneers ended up going uh, on a 13, with 13 minutes to go. They had a nine-minute 
drive. They went for 92, 92 yards on 17 plays. Bruno, not a math guy, uh, that doesn't leave you much time left in the game. And obviously, it didn't work out for them because because they had no urgency. Bills got the ball, got a first down. Bucks called their timeouts. They got another first down. Game was over. So just a total clock mismanagement by the Buccaneers, and it cost them big time. Yeah, kind of weird from the Bucks. Again, they've fallen pretty hard. They had a great start to the season, and they have certainly not continued that as we've gone on. Um, Kurt, speaking of both teams that had a great start to the season and have not continued that as they've gone on, and speaking of quarterback injuries, got the little double trouble here. Cowboys double up the Rams 43 to 20. Sheesh, McGeesh. Uh, let's start with the Cowboys. They've been doing this all year. They beat the shit out of bad football teams, right? That no one has denied that the Cowboys are capable of beating up on bad football teams. And they might have to add the Rams to the collection. Uh, I will say, uh, the Cowboys, of course, they, they looked good while doing it. Dak threw for four touchdowns. Yes, four. Uh, he finally started realizing that CeeDee Lamb is fucking good and maybe we should throw it to him. He had 12 catches for 158 yards and two touchdowns. That's what you love to see if you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, cornerback Darren Bland. He isn't playing Bland. He's playing with a brand like Deion Sanders. His third pick six of the season. Uh, that's kind of crazy. I'd love to have three pick sixes in one season. That's pretty nuts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, there's not much to say. Cowboys just steamroll the Rams. For the Rams, obviously, you lose the game. Even worse, Matt Stafford injures his thumb in the third quarter, as Kurt alluded to earlier. Uh, you know, backup legend, uh, I think, was it Brett Ripien? Or, I don't know. It was yes. someone like that. Some random ass name like that I was reading. Um, comes into the game. Uh, you're not going to be pleased if you're either a, a Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua fantasy owner because uh, I don't think Brett Ripien kind of rips it like Matt Stafford does. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Cowboys, can they do this against a good team? Stay tuned to find out. Yeah, we got to find out because the Panamanian pal still has his doubts. Let me tell you. That. All right. <laughs> Bruno, we're going to stick with another big injury. Another big injury in the NFL. Probably bigger than Matt Stafford, that's for sure. Probably. Bruno, out there, an awful start to the yeah. season for Minnesota. They were sitting there at one and three. Kirk Cousins has brought the Vikings back to relevancy, but despite their 24-10 victory over the Packers this weekend, there is a lot of doubt in Minnesota currently as we are midweek uh, heading into week nine because Kirk Cousins has a torn Achilles. He is out for the remainder of the season. Um, you know, he did throw two touchdowns for exit in the game, which ended up, you know, obviously giving the Pack the Vikings a pretty comfortable lead. Um, but just just gut-wrenching. I remember watching, you know, um, uh, what the fuck was the name of the Netflix documentary? The quarterback oh, one? Yeah, the quarterback one. I forget what it was called, but I know you're talking about. I want to say QB1. It's not that. It's the one with the NFL quarterback. Friday Night Lights, I, I think. I don't, I don't remember that's, what the fuck it was. It's not Friday yeah. Night Lights, Kurt. That was, yeah. a, that was a joke. <laughs> Kurt's like, Bruno, shut the fuck up. I'm glaring at Bruno in the camera. You just can't see it. Uh, yeah, they were on FNL, obviously, and... Um, <laughs> But I ended up blowing, like growing this immense yeah. appreciation towards towards Kirk Cousins, family guy, good dude, cares so deeply about his teammates. There was a video of him getting carted off the field, and he like stops the cart, and he's like cheering uh, for the Vikings as they're scoring offensively. Um, and then the next day, he's at a fundraiser on a, one of those scooters. Like he's just a good dude who has all of his priorities right. Uh, so obviously, gut wrenching for him. Um, I will say, the Vikings have gone out and traded for Josh Dobbs. Yeah. So. The trade deadline yesterday, uh, they went out and got the Cardinals quarterback, Josh Dobbs. Now that Kyler Murray looks like he's coming back, Josh Dobbs a little more expendable. He finds himself in Minnesota now. 
Uh, and again, on the other side of things here, Bruno, another dud for Jordan Love and the Packers, who eh, I thought they might have a little bit of hope this year. It's They simply do not. Yeah, there is no hope for the Packers. They look like stinky doo-doo. Uh, Kurt, there is hope for you because in our brain-busting pick six game of the week, Titans and Falcons, you remembered to pick the Titans. I did not remember to pick the Titans, and the Titans won 28-23. to Now, was this your average Titans victory? No, it was not. Because, as Kurt said earlier on the theme of quarterback injuries, even though this was kind of like an earlier injury, Ryan Tannehill was injured and out for this game. So the Titans turn the the reins of the offense over to good old Will Levis, who you might remember if you watch college football, of Kentucky fame uh, when he was in college. Um, and, you know, normally when you have a rookie quarterback starting, you, you might not expect much of them, right? We all know the story about Aaron Rodgers sitting behind Brett Favre for so long. We've seen other quarterbacks sit and maybe not have the most uh, notable game ones. Well, Will Levis said, fuck that shit, we ball. Because he threw for four fucking touchdowns. Not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns as the Titans beat the Falcons 28-23. to Kurt, what makes this kind of crazy is that Will Levis looks pretty fucking smart because guess what? Of his four touchdowns, he threw three of them to DeAndre Hopkins. Fucking hilarious that finally anyone on that team realized, oh, wait, DeAndre Hopkins is on our team. Maybe a certain uh, Raiders team that we'll talk about in a bit maybe needs to realize that as well. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, four, uh, three touchdowns and 128 yards. Finally, he's like, this is the shit I signed here for. Maybe not expecting it to be from Will Levis, but, you know, he wants to be used and he was used. So, again, great, great debut for Will Levis. Obviously, though, you can't expect him to do that every single game, but... As a rookie quarterback, that has to give you a ton of confidence moving forward. And clearly, he has a connection with DeAndre Hopkins, which is going to help. Uh, so the Titans are definitely happy about that. Uh, I, there's not too much else to say about this game. I guess it's a, it's one of those classic Titans wins that Vrabel and the boys, you know, just probably have no business winning. It's not like the Falcons were the best team ever. But again, Titans on a rookie quarterback, you wouldn't expect them to win. Uh, I think the challenge will be, can you keep it up moving forward? And our challenge will be, can we pick their games correctly in the pick six? Well, I'm one for one of my last one, baby. So we're going to ride the hot <laughs> hand and we're going to ride Will Levis. Let's fucking yep. go. Bruno, uh, bounce back. Bounce back in a big way, like me picking the Titans. Derek Carr went for 310 and a pair of touchdowns as the <laughs> as the Saints bounced back and beat the Colts 38-27. to uh, Bruno, the, you know, injuries we talk about. The Colts secondary, you think about secondary, usually two safeties, two corners to start a game. They were down their top three of three out of their top four. They were down this week, and the Saints were able to exploit that as Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill both found the end zone uh, twice. So obviously the the Saints' offense was cooking. Um, you know, obviously Colts a little bit of an up and down team this year, losing Anthony Richardson, massive loss for them, dude. Now, like we keep talking about it, the amount of losses with injuries dude, this year is crazy, fucking absurd. And I'm sure we'll talk about it with the Patriots, too. But uh, a good win for the Saints. Uh, Colts just kind of meandering around 500. What a word, meandering. How about that? Didn't expect, to drop, didn't expect to drop that on the pot this week. Uh, Bruno, <laughs> New Orleans now 4-4 four and four on the year. And they have a tie of the NFC South lead with the Atlanta Falcons. So NFC South very much up for grabs. Yeah, and it's funny because it almost feels like in that division there is a new first place like every single week. So uh, you'd love to see it for the chaos. Love to see it for the chaos. Uh, Kurt, Jaguars and Steelers, Jaguars win this game 20 to 10, kind of a weird football score, but what's not weird is that the Jaguars all of a sudden are just streaking. These Jaguars might be streaking, Kurt. Six and two this year? 
Like, yeah, they've had a couple of losses that maybe weren't the most convincing. They've had some wins that maybe weren't great. But I would say for the majority of the season, even if it's not every second of every game, they've looked like a pretty solid football team, which is kind of crazy. I mean, like, again, the job's not finished. But, you know, when they hired Doug Peterson to come coach the Jaguars, this is probably what they were hoping for in their wildest dreams, being like a solid football team. You have a franchise quarterback. You have playmakers on offense. Obviously, you trade for Ridley. You had Etienne, who was injured his first year. Now he's got that Clemson connection with Trevor Lawrence, and he is absolutely balling the fuck out for the Jaguars. They have a solid defense. So if you're the Jaguars, you're pumped. Again, not the prettiest of games, but it was a solid win uh, over, you know, a Steelers team that had been feisty again. It feels like we're saying this every single game, but it must be said in this game. Kenny Pickett, injured rib in this game. He had to come out. Good old Mitch Trubisky came into the game, and let's just say things did not go well. So another quarterback injury to add to the list for this week and this year so far. The Steelers also lost Minka Fitzpatrick during the game, one of their defensive leaders. So the Jaguars just kind of went on these long drives, uh, getting rid of the clock late in the game. Um, and so another solid win for the Jaguars. And again, like, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe we're jacking off. The, the boys picked the Jags to jag off, and the boys were jagging off. Or no, it's always okay to jag off a little bit. <laughs> it's always okay, Kurt says, to jag it's, off a little bit. <laughs> you know, just a little bit. <laughs> just jag off. And they've jagged off six times this year. <laughs> they have. They have. They, survey says, jagging off. <laughs> Bruno, jagging off. <laughs> uh, we're going to move. Oh, my God. Uh, Bruno, we're going to uh, take a different a different tone here. Again, so we've talked about injuries. There was an injury in this game that I'm about to talk about that didn't knock a quarterback out, but limited him a little bit. I'm talking Jalen Hurts. So despite that bad knee, Jalen Hurts comes back in the game, briefly came out, came back in, throws four touchdowns as the Eagles came back to beat the Commanders 38-31 to move to 7-1 and of the year. Now, Bruno, I will say this about the Commanders. Not a very good football team. Thank God the Patriots played them this week. Okay? Yep. But with that being said, they have given the Eagles absolutely everything they can handle this season so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one, only a couple weeks ago, the Commanders won in overtime. Uh, I mean, sorry, the Eagles won in overtime over the Commanders. But again, if you would have thought that game was going to OT, I think you're, I think you're lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. And in this game, Bruno, um, obviously the Commanders don't come out on top, but they had a lead. I'm trying to look right now. I think they were up 14 to three. Mm. So again, they you know making the Eagles scratch and claw their way to victory. Um, so again, yeah, the Eagles win, but the Commanders threw everything they could at them. But you know, at this point of the year, Bruno, you're just not stopping AJ Brown for what feels like no. the one millionth time. In yeah. a row. Don't <laughs> check that good. stat; just take me at my word. <laughs> he had over 125 yards again. He had 130 this week on eight receptions for two touchdowns. Um, just a, another banana banana land stat line from AJ Brown, who, you know, if you talk about top NFL wide receivers right now, obviously Justin Jefferson is hurt. So take him out of the equation for the moment. It's Tyree kill yep. and it's AJ Brown. And then there's not really anyone right there. Uh, so yeah, just more crazy shit from him. Do have to point out Montez sweat and chase young. Both were traded at yeah. the trade deadline for the commanders who are definitely punting on this year. They are, they are over this year. They're punting. My guess is Ron Rivera will be out as head coach there. Um, And, you know, it just seems like they're in rebuild mode, which that's okay when they're coming to New England this week. So good stuff. We will take it. We will take it. They're trying to evaluate if Sam Howell is the guy. And the Patriots are certainly thinking about if Mac Jones is the guy. More to come on that one. 
Kurt, the next game we got here, a little Seahawks and Browns action. Uh, the Seahawks and Browns, both two teams that, you know, maybe in the middle tier to the good tier of teams in NFL this year. The Browns certainly more surprising. The Seahawks obviously had their renaissance last year. The Browns this year, even with Deshaun Watson barely playing, have looked really, really good. Um, you know, this was a game where the Seahawks kind of went up big. They were playing at home. They got the 12th man advantage. They went up 17 to 7, and maybe you thought it was over until the Browns did what they've done all year and continue to fight and scrap and claw and battle back. They score 13 straight points to take a 2017 lead, and it's like, uh-oh, Browns coming into Seattle, getting that dub. No, 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 not today. Jamal Adams forces a key interception with a couple minutes left. Geno Smith drives them down, uh, hits Jackson Smith and Jigba for a nine-yard touchdown with 38 seconds left to propel the Seahawks to a win. So, again, if you're the Seahawks, you're happy you went up early. You're not happy you gave up the lead. You're happy uh, you made some clutch plays to win the game. And at the end of the day, that's really uh, all it's about for the Seahawks. Kurt. We haven't said why they are allowed to be in this position yet, but the Seattle Seahawks are in first place in the NFC West. That's a fucking wild statement to make. I'm shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Things have fallen apart for a certain team the last couple of weeks, and we will get yep. there. Holy shit. Yep. Five and two <laughs> in first place in the NFC yep. West. Getting wacky in the West, baby. Yes, sir. Uh, Bruno, a team that deserves some credit here, too. Uh, we're going to talk Ravens, Cardinals. Bruno, Gus Edwards. Gussy. Bussy, Gussy, Gus. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Three touchdowns on the ground. Lifted the Ravens to a 31-24 win over the Cardinals out in the desert. Bruno, not the prettiest game. Obviously, when the, when the Ravens thrashed the Lions last week, that's a big, big win for them. This one, you know. Cardinals now, I think one in seven, like they're not, or one in six, or one in seven. I don't fucking know. Not good, whatever the record is. Yeah. Uh, so good. again, you would think the Ravens, you know, probably should have been a little more in control of this game, and they they did have a pretty big lead, but uh, they were able to hold off a Cardinals comeback in the fourth quarter. Uh, Josh Dobbs was intercepted a couple times late in the game to seal the deal for Baltimore. Like I said, Bruno, they're Ravens six and two now, and if you look atop the AFC. It just feels like they have just as good a chance as anyone to come out of the AFC right now. Now, again, AFC pretty loaded with the Chiefs of the world and the Bengals of the world and the Jaguars of the world. But I don't know. Bills, whatever. Whoever you want to put in that category. Dolphins, sure. But I don't know. Bruno, Ravens might be a sexy pick, and I'm feeling a little sexy. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. This is a stunning transition from Kurt. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Kurt, you're absolutely right, though, about the Ravens. Uh, they've been having a great year. I will say, while you were talking, I just opened up their schedule for the rest of the year. They play like they don't exactly have the easiest schedule uh, the no. rest of the year. Kurt, if you take out their Rams and their Steelers games, so you take those two out, these are their remaining opponents. Seahawks, who we just said were good. Browns, who have been playing well defensively this year. Bengals, who have bounced back. Chargers, who have bounced back. Jaguars, who are 6-2. and two. 49ers at the end of the year, when they're theoretically going to be playing better. And Dolphins. So, the Ravens have a chance to, like, you know, if they get through that gauntlet with, like, as as good or close to record as 6-2 and two in their first eight, they have really a chance. You know, we always talk about strength of schedule in the college football playoff. If they get through that schedule with a, with a solid record, uh, people are going to be singing their praises. So, 
we shall see. Kurt, one of those teams that I just mentioned that is playing the Ravens later series, the Chargers, and the Chargers have to be happy that they played the Bears this week on Sunday Night Football because this was a classic, classic get-right game for the Chargers. Chargers win 30-13. to Justin Herbert throws three touchdowns. They score in their first five drives of the game. He is way more accurate this game than he's been all year. They have playmakers on offense making plays. Again, unless you're the Patriots, that's just what happens when you play the Bears. So uh, the Chargers have to be happy that they were given this opportunity to have a complete game. Also part of this equation, the Bears were not only bad normally, but it was Tyson Bajan, Bajan, however you say his name, second start. He actually looked good his first start against the Raiders, which is hilarious. People were like, oh, wow, quarterback controversy. Is he the guy? No, he looked like sticky doo-doo against the Chargers. So, uh, again, maybe it's too early. It's only been two games. I'm not judging him only off two games, but certainly did not look good this game. So the Chargers, they have to first get healthy, and they have to second play like they did against the Bears if they want to have any chance uh, for their season. But it starts with one. So they're 1-0 in their last one. Yeah, they are 1-0 in their last one, which is obviously important. Bruno, um, someone who is 0-1 in his last one and will not be getting another one <laughs> happens to be Joshy McD Daniels in his final game as head coach of the Vegas Raiders. R.I.P. in peace. R.I.P. in peace. The Raiders got handed a big, fat L from Dan Campbell and the Lions. 26-14. Uh, yeah. Bruno, in all honesty, once again, Lions could have shoulda woulda put up 40 plus points in this game they did turn the ball over twice inside the raider 10 yard line so game really not as close as the final score showed but to be fair on the flippity flop of that jimmy garoppolo sucks bruno why is that important in this game why is that important Hmm. that is important that is important because if you didn't remember this Devontae Hmm. adams plays for the raiders if you didn't know this Devontae adams good wide receiver if you didn't know that Devontae <laughs> Adams usually open what you should know is he was open and he received seven targets in the game okay seven oh. targets well wouldn't you know he only caught one for 11 yards pal not what you're Jeez. looking for no and what's worse than that is he should have had touchdowns of 90 <laughs> yards and 60 yards because he hashtag barbecue chicken alerted uh, the secondary, absolutely fried yeah. them up, toasted them. Yeah. They were fucking dork, if you know what I'm saying. So he <laughs> toasted their ass. He's yeah. wide open, and Jimmy Garoppolo missed him badly twice. So he should have had a long touchdowns. So, again, I say the game should have been blowout. Maybe if he had a competent quarterback over in Vegas, uh, that could have been different. But uh, tail of the tape. Lions got the win. Big game for Jameer Gibbs, the rookie running back. We all kind of were like, what the fuck are the Lions doing taking a running back in the first round? Middle of the first, like pick 13. Again, helps the Patriots get Christian Gonzalez. Thank you. But Jameer Gibbs just didn't seem like a, a, a pick in that, in that point of the year. But he's playing great right now. Has kind of had his coming out part in this one. Had 152 yards on the ground and a score. Lions 6-2, and two, Bruno. And we have been well documented on this podcast talking about their schedule about to get hella easy. There is a real chance, a real chance that the Lions could be 13 and four. Yeah, and that would be awesome for the Lions, my dear Kurtai. Uh, You know, listen, we talked about strength of schedule a second ago. Uh, That would be quite funny if the Lions were the Michigan Wolverines of the NFL and played absolutely no one and were ranked really high. So uh, that would be quite lovely. Kurt, 
what was also quite lovely in this wonderful week as we get on to some of our uh, juicier games that we can talk about here. Jets, Giants. Now, you would not normally expect that to be a juicy matchup, but Kurt, it's not juicy because it was good. It was juicy because holy fuck, it was goddamn bad, Kurt. Jets beat the Giants 13 to 10 in overtime, and you might be thinking, oh wow, okay, ended 10-10 with the overtime, just kick a field goal. I mean, yeah, maybe that is how it went, but Kurt, if you did not watch this game, there, there, you have to go back and watch just the hilarity that was this game. So let's skip the first 58 minutes or whatever the time of the of the game. Right? Let's just skip all that, right? We don't need to talk about any of that. Kurt, it's 10 to 7 Giants. The Jets, towards the end of the fourth quarter, are driving. They go for it on fourth down. Do the Jets convert in the fourth down? Zach Wilson gets sacked for 15 yards. <laughs> fucking so fucking funny on fourth down. You get sacked for 15 yards. Kurt, it's 10 to 7 Giants, and the Giants have the ball at the Jets' 26-yard line with one minute and 26 seconds left. Hmm. You would think that might be a recipe for success. You would think if they were a competent football team. Well, uh, Kurt, the New York bumbling idiot Giants run the ball three straight times, which no one's disagreeing with their decision to run three straight times. You try to burn their timeouts. That's not what people, you know, we're not calling them idiots for that, but they don't get the first down. So fourth and one or fourth and two, they go for the field goal. Makes sense, right? They are up 10-7. They want to kick the field goal. Miss the field goal. Makeable field goal, but a missed field goal. So then Jets take over. And even still, it's like it's fucking Zach Wilson and the Jets. There's 24 fucking seconds left. It's like, what are they really going to do, right? Uh, shout out Patrick Mahomes because that was simply too much time for motherfucking Zach Wilson and the Jets, maybe. First play, 29-yard completion to Garrett Wilson. Penalty on the Giants. Second play, 29 yards again to Alan Lazard. And they somehow get the spike off with motherfucking one second left in the motherfucking game. And the Jets do what the Giants couldn't make the field goal and send the game to overtime. Unsurprisingly, the Giants get the ball in the first overtime, go three and out. The Jets get the ball, immediately kick a field goal, game over. Just so fucking funny for this shitty New York football matchup. Uh, Kurt, we have to at least say this. I'm sorry, boss. I'm sorry, Ant. I have to at least say this. Ant Rosati, the classic premature EJA celebration uh, in the group chat, uh, trying to roast some of the Jets fans in the group. Uh, came out and was uh, was talking shit about the Jets before that all banana shit went down when the Jets uh, came back. So that was fucking funny. Some people are saying he low-key cursed the Giants. It must be actually said. And Kurt, the other point to at least make here, this was a pretty clutch game for the Jets because Aaron Rodgers every single week, it's becoming more and more clear that he might be coming back earlier this season than we thought. But Kurt, if he's going to come back, he's going to want to come back to like if they're playing for anything so like each win they get even it doesn't even matter how they get it they really just need wins to put themselves in a position to make the playoffs because that's all aaron Rodgers is going to ask for so again if you're a jets fan you're definitely happy you got the win it doesn't even really matter how they got it at this point just get some wins for aaron Rodgers to come back kurt sets up a potentially spicy week 17 matchup uh patriots jets where we have not lost to the jets i think it's like 15 times in a row like we're we're 15 0 against the jets in the last 15 or something that would be so fucking funny if the jets need to win the last game of the regular season to make the playoffs aaron Rodgers comes back and the patriots win that would be so fucking funny so listen i'm not even worried about jinxing it because the patriots stink we'll get to that later but that would be very funny not a want but a need <laughs> not i mean and i <clears throat> i think i mean at this point, Bruno, he is coming back. Like I'm, I've yeah. accepted the fact that Aaron Rodgers will be back this year. I don't know yeah. what drugs he's taking. Someone drug test him. <laughs> Just drug test that man. He's probably on someone, crystals. Kurt. Someone have the balls 
to be like, this <laughs> defies medi- normal medicine. Like, sure. someone drug test him. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not calling him a cheetah, but I'm just saying test him. <laughs> test that man. Test that man. Bruno, we had a pretty big test this week between two of the top, the top two picks in the in the NFL draft back in April, Bruno. Bruno, but in the... It, I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm saying it. The Panthers got their first win, baby. Massive win for Bryce Young. Bruno, he has looked like stinky doo-doo all year long, but not this week. Not this week. And then again, against his, his you know, the person he will be compared to for the rest of time, C.J. Stroud, who got picked second, who by all accounts has been great in the locker room, pretty damn good on the field, and he's put the Texans in a place where They've won some games people did not expect them to win. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, all year we've been talking about C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young's had a, had a rough go of it. But Bryce Young gets the dub in the battle of these uh, top two picks. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more down the road. But but round one goes to the boy, Bryce Young. Bruno, game itself, pretty fucking boring until the end. Until the end, Bruno, when the Panthers went on a 15 play. Yes, 15 plays. Uh, drive that covered 86 yards over the final six minutes and 17 seconds of the game, which culminated in a Eddie Pinheiro. How about that? Pinheiro. I was like, nah, I oh, well, I didn't take the Spanish. Let me tell you that. 23-yard field goal as time expires to give the Panthers a fucking big-ass dub. Bruno, but what is important about this, it's a big win for draft order implication. Panthers have held that top spot in the draft, uh, you know, even though uh, their pick does belong to the Bears. So mm-hmm. make sure that marinates in your brain for a second. They've had that spot all year. But with this win and the Cardinals losing, once again, the Cardinals now take over that top spot. And like we mentioned, just traded Josh Dobbs to the Vikings. So take that for what you will. If Kyler Murray gets hurt again or something, Cardinal, the Suckathon, the Tankathon yep. could be on for the Cardinals. Bruno, there are two teams with one win. So the Cardinals and the Panthers. And the Patriots are one of four teams with two wins. The others being the Bears, the Giants, and the Packers. Bruno, because the Bears hold that Panthers pick, there is a realistic chance the Bears are going to have two picks in the top four. It, it could be two in the top two. It was looking like that for a while. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine? That would be... And they'd somehow still mess it up. I, I can't believe it, Bruno. Uh, we, in the span of one week as Patriot fans have talked about beating the Bills and feeling really good about ourselves, you know, beating one of the best teams in the AFC. And now we're talking about a top five pick again. So life sucks again. Yep. Welcome back. Uh, you thought we were gone, but all of a sudden we're right back where we started. So Kurt, the Patriots wild roller coaster uh, continues this year. Uh, and so does Bryce Young's as well. Kurt, I, I don't even know really where to start for this next game. I don't know how to segue to it. I don't know how to transition to it. And I barely even know how to talk about it. I'm going to say it, and then we're just going to try to explain it. Broncos 24, Chiefs 9. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Did I, I, right? I also don't know what to say. It, Kurt, it's fucking crazy. Kurt, we're talking about the shitty fucking Denver Broncos. Kurt, the Broncos have lost 16 straight games against the Chiefs. That's some Patriots and Jets shit, but I think that's like one or two more than the Patriots or Jets. That's fucking crazy. The Chiefs... I haven't lost to the Broncos since fucking 2015. 2015. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he'd never even lost a road game in the AFC West ever. <laughs> ever. And the Broncos in Denver beat the Chiefs 24 to 9. 
cart. This is just one of those classic, like, I'm sure there are some people who are like, oh, easy money. Bet, like, a s absurd amount of money on the Chiefs to beat the Broncos. And this is one of those classic games that just makes you fucking, like, if you're one of those people who bet on that, enraged. But if you're just a casual NFL fan, you see that score, you're like, what the fuck? We have those games all the time. This is a what-the-fuck game. The result really didn't make any sense, even when we look at it a little deeper. Russell Wilson, who by all accounts has looked bad since he's gone to the Broncos, he only threw the ball 19 times this game. And three of his 12 completions were touchdowns. And they were like long touchdowns. So like the back of the end zone, like Courtland Sutton, Jerry Judy. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, Javante Williams, he was supposed to be one of the breakout candidates last year towards ACL, been working his way back into game shape. He finally looked good. He had 98 all-purpose yards in a, in a touchdown. Kirk, conversely, like that little word right there, conversely, Patrick Mahomes. Thank you, Kirk. Patrick Mahomes, absolute tarsh. Uh, threw for zero touchdowns. Yes, I said zero. Uh, threw for two interceptions. Those are not touchdowns. Those are interceptions. And he had three sacks. So not great from the Chiefs all around. And again, it is kind of funny that Matt Nagy, uh, former failed Bears coach, is the one calling plays for the Chiefs. Have to be asking some questions. Kurt, what also has to be maybe not asked, but at least said and acknowledged, two little points about the Chiefs not making excuses. We're just saying Patrick Mahomes, apparently the reports are that he had a stomach bug or flu-like symptoms or was feeling sick. There was all those reports, you know, I, I feel like they started coming out in defense of him, but there were lots of reports that he was sick. So I guess we have to at least acknowledge that and say, maybe that's why he played like Tarsh, whatever. Kurt, I think the more, uh, the bigger reason we have to acknowledge here, uh, a certain Taylor Swift was not in attendance this game. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Uh, Travis Kelsey averages over 100 yards and like a touchdown every game she attends. She doesn't attend and he has 58 receiving yards, no touchdowns, and the Chiefs look like shit and lose. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Uh, Kurt, we have to start asking the questions when the Chiefs fork up a billion dollars and pay Taylor Swift to come to every game. We simply have to start asking those questions because they look fucking good when she comes. They look fucking tarsh when she does not. Uh, I will say she's probably about to make multiple billions on her worldwide tour that she's supposed to do. So they'd probably have to pay her enough money to like buy the team just to come. But you know what? That's Taylor Swift for you. Yeah, no, that's Taylor Swift, Bruno. And uh, we, if I'm Andy Reid, it's the first call I'm making. Just get her to every game. And I, she's a pretty popular woman. She's a pretty busy woman. But if, I mean, if you are if you are the Chiefs, you want her ass in the seats at your games, Bruno. Uh, I want my ass in a seat to watch this next game in February in Vegas. My Super Bowl preseason matchup. I might be right down the road about the eventual Super Bowl matchup and who wins that game, but hand up. Mm. Hand up. My hand is up. Bruno, is my hand up? It is up. It is up. Bruno was correct about the winner of this game. Bruno, <laughs> Bengals 31, 49ers 17. Are the Bengals back? Let me answer that question. Yeah. They're fucking back. After oh, a disastrous back. start to the year, the Bengals are now 4-1 and one in their last five. Of those four wins, all four came against NFC West teams. So bear that in mind. Bengals swept the NFC West. Yeah. Um, and uh, with the non-NFC West teams, 0-3. So if they could play the <laughs> NFC West every game, that would be absolutely yeah. electric for them. Bruno, Joe Burrow, back to looking like Superman. Looks like his old self finally, and maybe... Maybe, just maybe, all he really did need was some time for his calf injury to heal up. He's had some time, seems to be, you know, back on track for him. He was avoiding pass rushers out there. He threw for 283 and three touchdowns. 
another important number, zero interceptions. Joe Mixon had 87 yards rushing and a touchdown. Jamar Chase with the incredibly satisfying stat line of 10 receptions for 100 yards and one touchdown. Very pretty. Very pretty. Bruno, Brock Purdy threw for 365 and a touchdown, but two more interceptions in this game, which just doomed the 49ers for all intents and purposes. He has suddenly become Mr. Turnover since coming back from that concussion, and it's been a big reason why the 49ers have lost three in a row. It wasn't all bad for them offensively. Kittle and Ayuk both had over 100 yards receiving. Christian McCaffrey had yet another touchdown, uh, extending his record touchdown streak. And it looked good at moments, but again, you're just so used to the 49ers being a well-oiled machine offensively that when they have this, these two turnovers, you know, they're not able to overcome them. So 49ers have to right this ship. Bruno, I want your thoughts. I said the Bengals are back. What say you? Are the Bengals back? Are the 49ers a, a sinking ship? I want your thoughts. Kurt, I, so I think... I'm more strongly saying the Bengals are back. It seemed like one of those things that, you know, when Aaron Rodgers told everyone to R-E-L-A-X, like it's not the same circumstances, but that kind of felt like what it was like early this year. And yeah, they were bad their first three games. And people were asking questions. Joe Burrow, you know, resetting the quarterback market with a record deal and coming out with three horrible games to start the year. But Kurt, maybe he really did, like you said, just need some time to get healthy because they are playing with confidence. Joe Burrow's out there being mobile, making good decisions, hitting his top receivers for touchdowns. They're getting healthier. So the Bengals actually do look back. Now, again, do they need to beat some AFC teams? Yes, they absolutely do. Because to get to the Super Bowl, to potentially play an NFC West team, they have to start by beating AFC teams. So, yes, they do have to prove it. But you have to be pumped for the Bengals. Four and one of the last five, that feels great. Kurt, I'm still going to sit here and say uh, your other question. I don't think the 49ers are a sinking ship. And I know it feels weird to say they've lost three in a row. Buck Purdy looks mortal all of a sudden. Lots of turnovers, you know, missed execution. You know, they're not looking like they did the first, you know, start of the season. I'm still going to give the 49ers the benefit of the doubt because we've seen how good they can look at times. And we know how talented they are. And we know how good of a coach Kyle Shanahan is. But, Kurt, they got to start getting some wins because all of a sudden, we were saying, you know, is it them or Eagles for the top team in the NFC, NFC period, maybe the NFL period? And now they're not even in first place in the division. So I, I don't think you're you're like fully panicking if you're a 49ers fan, but you got you to stem the bleeding right now. You got to cut that shit off. They need to win next week. Kurt, uh, I'm going to really quick try to, as I'm talking, look up who they're playing next week. I'm opening up their schedule right now. They are playing the Jaguars. So that's not a guaranteed victory. The Jaguars, that will be a spicy game. If the 49ers convincingly beat the Jaguars, who we are 6-2 and two and they're good, I think that would be a big sign at their back. If they lose their fourth game in Roker, watch out. I double-dog dare you to put that matchup on the pick six this week. I double-dog oh, dare you. Dude, that might be one of the best. Not, I'm, you don't even have to doubt. Yes, I'm just going to say yes. I will be putting that on there. Fantastic news. Bruno, uh, that's the end of the pod. Thanks for coming out. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Now nah, we Let's talk some fucking Patriots, huh? If we have to. Bruno, yes, unfortunately, we do have to talk about the Patriots. Who are back to their back on their bully shit, uh, losing to AFC East teams for the second time this year. Bruno, the goddamn New England Patriotes lose to the Miami Dolphins this time, thirty-one to seventeen, down in uh, Miami. Um, 
I don't know the angle I want to take on this game, but I think I'm this. I think this is going to be the way I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Um, I kind of joked to back on their bullshit. There would literally back on their bullshit. It was the undisciplined mm-hmm. penalties, missed tackles, turnover Patriots. Yeah. That came back to bite the last week's good Patriots team in the ass. So Bruno. This game starts back and forth. Both teams kind of feeling each, feeling each other out a little bit. People forget your boy at the game. True. At the game. Scoring starts from the Patriots. They go up 7-0 on a 24-yard touchdown pass to Kendrick Bourne. By far the best Patriots receiver this year. Jesus Christ, it's Kendrick Bourne. Jesus Christ, there goes his ACL. He's in the arms of the Angels now. We we might be too. We might we might be in the arms of the Angels too. Bruno Patriots lose their best, their most prolific pass catcher. Yeah. Uh, he is out for the season, six to eight month recovery for his right le- uh, right knee. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a brutal a brutal blow to the Patriots who have had a lot of blowing going on this year. Yeesh. Uh, yeesh. So Bruno pats up seven nothing, feeling pretty good. Defense looked pretty good to start the game. Quickly went away. Immediate response from the Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins do have good wide receivers. Mm-hmm. One of them happens to be named Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. He runs for a, I mean, runs right through the Patriots secondary, right through him for a 42-yard touchdown right before the end of the first quarter. Um, and the second quarter is where things really started to fall apart for the Patriots. So 7-7, midway through the second quarter, good drive for the Dolphins, they go up 14 to seven, but immediately after that, Bruno, a good drive for the Patriots. They're moving the ball down the field. It's important that they get points because the, they're kicking back off the Dolphins for uh, at the half. Um, so, you know, a good drive. Mac Jones looks in rhythm. The offensive line looks pretty good. And then right at the two minute warning, um, I was, I was sitting in the, in, in the, in the suite with, uh, my family member, Jordan Kirby, Jordan played football at FSU. Jordan's a football guy. Um, and I, I, I looked at him and I said, you know, this is where the Patriots have struggled all season. Yeah. And he's like, how do you mean? And I said, well, right now they're on like the 25 yard line. They have points. I said, usually at the beginning of the year, aside from last week, this is where they'll have a couple holding penalties or they'll take a couple of stupid sacks or they'll fumble or throw an interception. Not even 30 seconds later, one of the most inexplicable play calls I've ever seen. Mac Jones pumps a, a, a bubble screen to DeMario Douglas and throw the, throws the ball in the air for 19.3 seconds. <laughs> and it lands in the arms of Jalen Ramsey. So they're trying to do like a pump and go thing, which I, I get. That works in high school. It doesn't work very often in the NFL. Um, and Jalen Ramsey should have had a pick six, but DeMario popped Douglas, ran back down, tripped him up. Uh, and the Dolphins had to settle for a field goal, but just like, just gut wrenching. It went from looking like it was going to be a, at a minimum 14 10, maybe even 14 14, to now you're down 17 7 at the half and you're kicking off the Dolphins. Bruno, was this where it went, where all went wrong for the Patriots? Yeah. I mean, you can't be affording to give points away if you're the Patriots, period. We're simply not 
consistent or good enough of a team to be giving away points like that. You certainly can't do that against the Dolphins, who are a team who have not had any issues this year scoring points whatsoever. So that was an absolutely backbreaking way to go into half, especially just because, again, I don't know what the Patriots are built for, but being down double digits is not a formula for success for the Patriots. No, it certainly is not, Bruno. But then... So the opening kickoff happens. I was not even back in my seat yet. I mean, I'm still inside looking at the TV. Raheem Mostert fumbles. Yeah. Like the second goddamn play of the half. Recovered by? Who, who recovered it? Whose uh, family did you see in the uh, hotel car going down the elevator? Anthony <laughs> Jennings. Yeah, he, did he did. His family was staying in the room next to me. <laughs> and you told you said on pick six, we need a big game out of Anthony Jennings. And he recovers the fumble. <laughs> You know, I spoke that into existence. I should start doing that more. So, Bruno, all of a sudden, it's 17-7, but Patriots, offense on the field at the 23-yard line. It's like, well, let's fucking go, baby. And then uh, the quintessential three and out. So, run, run, sack, or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, and field goal. Chatter Island, Chatter Island, 38-yard field goal, 17-10. I'm like, all right, well, that's a little better. I'm like, that's a little bit better. It's a one-score game, essentially, with the entire second half to go. Yeah. Now, midway, another good drive for the Dolphins, 24-10, ends at a Raheem Mostert touchdown. Now we're like, okay, quarter and a half to go, down 14. Probably not the best scenario you want to be in. Patriots did battle, though. I will say that. They battled. Got it to midway through the fourth quarter. Juju Smith-Schuster in the game for Kendrick Bourne, who's now injured. Juju's on the field. Juju didn't take a snap. Not one snap until Kendrick Bourne came out. So they were trying to ease him back from his concussion, or he's just not playing well, one of the two. Um, but he catches his first touchdown as a Patriot. Nice job by um, Bill O'Brien using motion at the snap to get Juju kind of like wide open in the flat, walks in a, for on a fourth down for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, eight minutes and 30 seconds to go, Bruno. 24-17 Dolphins It's like, okay, if you can get one stop, yeah, you're, you got a shot to go down and tie the game. Uh, I talked last week a lot about complementary football. Offense scores, defense gets a stop, offense scores. That's what you're looking for. You didn't get it. Just an awful drive from the Patriots' defense. Bruno, what bothers me so much is sometimes they get too cute. At the end of the day, the New England Patriots are a man-to-man defensive scheme team. For what felt like 80% of this game, they sat back in this fucking ridiculous zone and they got carved up by Tua. Tua had Tua was 30 of 45 for 324, three touchdowns and an interception. Now the interception Tua threw was bad, was right to Kyle Duggar. So take that for what it is. But it just the Dolphins literally could do whatever they wanted all game, it felt like. And in a, in a, you know, eight minutes to go in the in the game, you need to stop. You had two third down chances. You had a third and eight. And you played soft zone. Yeah. It just, I was saying some curse words. I was was on my seventh whiskey sour. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I was jacked up on sour mix. um, Oh, boy. And I was just not having it. I was not pleased, Bruno. And uh, just ultimately, there is a fourth and one where it just seems obvious that the Dolphins are going to run it and they – they did not run it. They did play action pass. Jalen Waddle was so open. It's like the Patriots didn't have a defense on the field. He yeah. walks in for a uh, a thirty one yard touchdown. Final score thirty one seventeen Dolphins. Um, just 
just a backbreaker. Miami is the house of horrors for the Patriots, Bruno, but like they had their chances. Mac Jones pissed it away. The defensive scheme pissed it away. More injuries in this game. So now at this point of the season with Kendrick Bourne gone, you have lost Matthew Judon for the year. You've lost Christian Gonzalez for the year. You've lost Marcus Jones for the year. You have now lost Kendrick Bourne for the year. Those are four starters on your football team. Those are your two your two best defensive players and your best offensive player for the Patriots this year, and they're all out for the year. So it's like I'm ready to punt on this year. I'm ready to punt, which I, which naturally means they're going to beat the Commanders, they're going to beat the Colts, they're going to beat the Giants, and all of a sudden they'll be five and six, and I'm like, oh well. Here we fucking go, Bruno, and we'll have some meaningful games down the road, which I guess is fine. But like, it just feels like we we just can't. I know we just beat the Bills. I know, but it just feels like we this team with what little elite talent they have just can't compete. That's my just initial thought. Yeah, there, there's just no, there's just no chance, Kurt. I mean, yes, we're looking at those games like we should win, and it's not like either of you or myself are going to be completely shocked if we do win those three games coming up. That being said, say that to the Raiders and the Saints, right? Like we've already had games this year where we played where we should have won. Two and six, Kurt. Again, it's not impossible, but we are. If we're not already there, we are danger close. So just it's like it, we're just looking at the math and we're looking at the schedules and seeing there's no path. So at this point, it's like I don't even. It's almost like it's a lose lose, right? Because like obviously, it's so depressing to lose this many games. And again, if we're about to go any sort of one and three, one and two, or zero oh and three against these teams coming up, that's also going to be extremely depressing. But it's like we're at just at this point where. Kendrick Bourne's now out. All the injuries you already listed are now out. Clearly, Mac Jones is like in over his head and not capable. Like he has flashes, but he's just not capable of putting together consistently over the course of the whole game. The Patriots is a team. They don't execute. It's all the injuries. It's all the bad plays and all that sort of stuff. So it's like, what are we what are we doing? Like, I don't know. It, it's so tough because if we win games, that obviously makes players feel better. That gets them more confidence, gets them to develop. We have some young guys on the team. We want to get them some reps. But then again, it's like, where is that ending up? Like, what is that result of this season, right? Like, I don't think anyone's, even if we go on a miracle run and make the playoffs, uh, we're not, certainly not, we're gonna, we wouldn't even do anything in the playoffs. And that's getting way ahead of ourselves, right? Because that's assuming we'd even make the playoffs. So at this point, it's like, the best course of action is probably to lose, but then what it, it's, we're going to go, we have nine more games, right? Two and six. So two and 15 would be, if we lose nine in a row, that's obviously dramatic as well. I don't think we're going to lose nine more games straight, but like it, that's why it kind of feels like it's a lose, lose, right? Cause we're not even really learning anything new each week about the team. Like we, we sit here on the spot and we try to break it down. Yeah. There's stuff to break down. We can go through how the game went and all that sort of stuff, but like, we're certainly not learning anything from these games or really taking much with us from game to game if anything we're taking less from game to game because we're just losing players left and right so i know that's not a very positive outlook kurt but there ain't much positives going on in new england for the patriots right now i will say this if the patriots do win the next three games and they beat the commanders the colts and the giants and they are five and six at least games will have some drama potentially like that chargers game are the chargers better than you fuck yeah they're better than you but the chargers just feel like a team that like they're always there but they never can pull it out at the end and justin herbert's never beaten bill belichick so it's like I, you don't you just don't know and then you have the steelers is kenny pickett gonna be hurt? like what's the deal with that like 
and then you have the Broncos later in the year, and then you have the Jets again, and you have the Bills who you beat once, and it's like you have the Chiefs who just lost to the Broncos, and I'm like, you just don't know. So if if you can get to five and six, who the fuck knows? And let's just see how it plays out. But you have to win the next three. If you lose any of the next three, just kiss it goodbye. I do hope this happens, though, Bruno. I hope we start seeing the younger guys. I don't want Tyquan Thornton as a healthy scratch anymore. I want to see Tyquan Thornton. I want to see Demario Douglas. I want to see Kayshawn Booty. Miss me with Devontae Parker. I don't need to see it. I don't need to see him. Even Juju. I've. I think I've seen enough. Like I don't need to. You just signed him to a thirty-nine million dollar contract. You signed Devontae Parker to a thirty-three million dollar contract. I get it, but like, I'm over it. I don't need to see it anymore. I'm a little disappointed too, Bruno. The trade deadline has come and gone. Patriots aren't going anywhere this year. It feels like they have three big free agents coming up: Mike and Wenu, Josh Uche, and Kyle Duggar. If you're going to sign those guys back, fine. No problem with you not trading them. But if they all walk, like if Josh Uche leaves, it will be just another colossal mismanagement by Bill Belichick or Matt Groh. I don't know who is calling the shots. It's a little funky. Patriots beat writers don't really know who is calling the shots. People have started to say it's more Matt Groh right now. So that's interesting. But like... If you if you if you're not going to re-sign Kyle Duggar, you could you could fetch a pretty high pick for Kyle Duggar. Kyle Duggar's a boss. Josh Uche maybe not getting you a second round pick, but he's getting you a third or a fourth. So it's like again these draft picks when you are when the Patriots are clearly rebuilding, these draft picks are important. And you know to just punt on the on the trade deadline is like just kind of weird to me. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought the same exact thing, Kurt. Like we have this trade deadline. Again, no one's accusing the Patriots of being overflowing with talent, but clearly we have talent, right? Like, and those guys have been, it's not like it was just like, we've been hearing about those guys potentially being on the market for a while. And so I completely agree. I feel like not making any moves indicates exactly what you said. Either you, for some reason, think we're turning this around, which I mean, I admire the confidence that that's what you think about this year. Or like you said, we see those guys in our long-term future, right? If we need to remember this at the end of the season, like I hope that we come back and we remember and we circle back once free agency starts and once those guys' next contracts get you know, revealed, whatever you want to call it, because I completely agree. All three of those guys are leaving. What the absolute fuck are we doing? I mean, that's the most basic principle of all time. You see that even with bad teams, right? If your season's going nowhere and you don't think you're going to re-sign someone, at least get something out of them. Clearly, teams like the 49ers who are trading for people like Chase Young, or I, I, mean, I don't really know why the Bears traded for Montez Sweat, but like teams are willing to part with draft picks for good players, right? And so if that's the plan, let's fucking do that. Sitting and doing nothing for a team that every single week needs more with the amount of players we're getting injured really doesn't make sense to me. So I'm going to operate under the assumption that the plan is to re-sign them. Obviously things can change. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. And if we do, like you said, I echo what you said at the beginning of that, that would be awesome. Those are good players. There's no doubt that like, if we're going to keep them around, those are going to be key parts of things to come. But you know, Kurt, if we just have another questionable off season where we're not re-signing those guys, we don't draft well, or we give like random contracts to random players instead of re-signing our own guys, like which has happened with fucking um, Myers and uh, Schuster over this offseason. It's going to be one of those things we look back at and we're like, what the fuck? So, yeah. Bruno, do you remember the, this is a this is a fun fact? Sorry. Do you remember the last first to third round pick the Patriots gave a second contract to? First to third contract. 
or first or third round draft pick the Patriots gave a second contract to You're never gonna think about it. Was it how recent are we talking? Don't give me the year, but like like is it recent? No, it's not recent. But like not Rob Gronkowski doesn't count because he he was like he wasn't up. Like he they signed him to like before like I'm going back. I'm, who who the fuck do you think it is? Second contract. I, I, I honestly couldn't even tell you. It's Deron Harmon. Oh god, that's a fucking blast like from the past. Twenty twelve? Twelve. They gave him a second contract or something. Twenty thirteen. Jesus Christ. We've made a lot of picks in rounds one through three th- since then. And they were all like, Ta ta. Bye bye for now. See you when you come back here in three years, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, Bruno, my last thing before we end this, um, there was some talk today. There were a couple of reports um, from Mike Florio and Chris Sims. So take it with a grain of salt. Sure. But Mike Giardi also hopped in on, the, on this fun too. And I'm like, mm, he's kind of tapped in. Um, you know how the con- lap before last week's game with the, with the Bills, it kind of came out that Bill just signed a lucrative multi-year contract yep. with the Patriots. And people were kind of speculating, well, Bill wants that out there because he wants people to know, hey, my job is safe. Florio today was like, that's out there from Robert Kraft, meaning like, if you want Bill Belichick, come and get him. You can have him, but you're going to trade for him. So similarly, how do the Patriots traded to get Bill Belichick? We're not letting Bill Belichick just leave for free. Like, you're not going to take the best coach in NFL history from us unless you pay for him. So like a, a thing like, you know, it came out today about the commanders. Bill Belichick loves that area. The Naval Academy right there. Family's down there. He's no longer with his girlfriend, Linda Holiday. Doesn't have any ties up here. Can still summer in Nantucket if he wants to. But they kept referring to him potentially being the commander's next head coach. What added more fuel to the fire? Who just got fired yesterday? Josh McDaniels. Hey, Josh, it's Bill. You want to come be the, the offensive coordinator for me with the commanders? Mm-hmm. Just some intrigue there, pal. I don't know. What say you? What say you? Kurt, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not surprising that you're more plugged in than me, but I this is the first time hearing of this rumor, and I also – I had not even considered that angle. You know what I mean? I had not even considered that that news would be made public for that very reason. And that is very, very interesting. I I think my first thought is that I need to think about it some more. I mean, obviously, if we're going to move on from Bill Belichick, it would be nice to get something, right? That would be nice. Because the other way we were talking about moving on was like, he's on the hot seat getting fired. And if we fire him, we're not getting anything, right? So there is that. Kurt, that would be so fucking crazy if the last memories of Brady and Belichick are both not on the Patriots. Like that would be so fucking wild. And I don't even know how I would feel like seeing Belichick on the commanders. Like that would be fucking crazy. So I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess here's the thing, right? If we are saying, if we are saying we're getting rid of Belichick, it's probably better to get something for him. That being said, I don't know if that's what you and I are. I don't know if we're like confirmed there yet, but that is a wild thought. Kurt, this is potentially a dumb question. Do, uh, does the trade deadline affect that? Like, how does that work? Nope. That would be, it would have to be in the offseason. So, okay. So in the offseason, um, you're saying. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, 
Well, my last question about this. Josh McDaniels is obviously no longer employed. Do you bring him in not necessarily to be your offensive coordinator? Or do you bring him in to be like the special assistant to the head coach and have him set up in the booth? Like, do you want basically, do you want Josh McDaniels back in any capacity with the Patriots? I mean, I know we have a history of bringing him back and good things happening, but that was a different era and with Tom Brady, right? I feel like right now, do we really think adding like a guy who is just a head coach who's going to come in, not entitled, but like expecting things and he's going to remember the old days in New England and all this sort of shit, bring that guy into a locker room now and now having a strong voice like that and Bill Bryant, like wasn't the problem last year having uh Patricia and judge like two voices saying all these strong things and like not exactly being on the same page. I don't really know if that helps to be honest. And also after seeing McDaniels again, do what he did, like he was supposed to be an offensive coach and they fucking sucked offensively there. Right. And I know it's not all on him. You had players not playing well, Jimmy G I get that. Right. But like, that doesn't really excite me. Kurt, like if we're honestly like not to be this guy, if we're going the full rebuild mode, I don't even like maybe that's just none of the coaches like maybe we're just going full. Let's get some new like Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, like one of those new blood guys in here. I don't know if I want Josh McDaniels coming back. Bruno, I'm with you. I'm over it. I'm over the the recycling of coaches. Yeah. Last year, you bring Patricia back. You bring Joe Judge back. It's like uh, McDaniels came back once already. It's like it just feels like a stale cycle. Yeah. And let's let's be honest. The NFL's changed, right? Offenses have changed. Who has the three worst offenses in the NFL this year? The Raiders, coached by McDaniels. The Patriots, coached by Bill Belichick. And the Giants, coached by Brian Dayball. The Belichick <laughs> coaching tree seems slightly outdated offensively. So take yeah. that for what you will. Yeah. So I don't know. Bruno, a lot to, di- not, lot to digest. I'm going to be at the Patriots game this week again. Uh, oh, Jesus. I'm going to be, in Bo- <laughs> gonna be in Boston for two days. Um, Going up there with some pals, so yeehaw, bitch. Um, And uh, I guess let's just try to win this one and see what happens, huh? Yeah, we're going to see how chummy Bill is with anybody from the Washington sideline, considering all the rumors you just said. So, yeah, Kurt, I I think heading into, like, again, we entered the Bills and Dolphins stretch expecting to go 0-2, and we went 1-1. So it is kind of funny thing that we're entering this next stretch expecting to do well. So... It all starts with this Commanders game. If we lose this Commanders game, that just sets the tone. I think we're officially like, all right, two and seven, shit's over, right? But if we win, maybe we'll continue this wild roller coaster season. So, Kurt, uh, I hope you have fun. Uh, it, you know, it's no longer a house of horrors, Miami. It's a good old, you know, not comparable weather, but lovable uh, Foxborough. So, have a great time. We'll do our pick six at some point this weekend. You know, we'll fit it in some somehow, somewhere. Hopefully, uh, you're going to be at a wild tailgate scene on Sunday. That'll be very fun for you. Uh, and you know what, Kurt? One game at a time. I guess that's all we were really going to say. One game at a time. So, uh, we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys. Well,